Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me today for the second half of my conversation with Caitlin's mom, Debbie Irvin. If you didn't get to hear last week's episode, I hope you'll go back and listen to hear how Caitlin's life was taken from her and how God called her to be still as the court process moved forward. Today, she talks about how God has called her to be bold as she shares Caitlin's story and the hope and joy he is so faithfully restoring to her life. We will pick up today's conversation right where we left off last week. So do you have any words of encouragement for somebody uh, like you that may be just starting this court battle or find themselves in the middle of it? Yes. Um, I think the biggest thing that Levi Lusko had said once before that God will give you the most incredible strength to endure the most impossible pain. And I remembered that constantly through this whole process that I knew God was going to give me the strength and he was going to give our family the strength to endure whatever we may have to face. One thing that I would encourage people to do in this process is to trust the process, but more so than that, to trust God, trust that he will fight for you. Stay in the word. Uh, one of the scriptures is Psalms 27, 14. And in that scripture, it tells us to wait for the Lord, be courageous and let your heart be strong, but wait for the Lord. Trust is a huge part of God and, and trusting him and trusting his timing. That's a huge part of going through this court process. Um, that is one thing that I, I really had to just stay calm and know that I could trust him. And that's what I would encourage people to do is just to to find ways in the scripture that's going to give them peace and comfort during this whole process. Because like I said before, it's not a fast process and it's not without pain and without frustration. Mm-hmm. I think that would be so hard for me um, because I'm I just like for things to happen on a certain schedule. I'm not a real patient person, and I could just see how that whole process would be very challenging for me. But then also, I would probably learn some very important spiritual lessons from it as well. Yes. And uh, not that not that I would ever want to learn them that way, but it's amazing how God can take even the most terrible things and bring good out of them. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. So in light of what happened to Caitlin, I would imagine that the issue of forgiveness has been a big part of your grief journey. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Uh, Yes. Um, I know that when I've come to some of the retreats, especially the mom's retreat recently, forgiveness is always some topic that we speak about. And it's always one that early on I battled with. Because people had told me that I had to forgive or I would not be forgiven. But as time went on and I read scripture, I stayed in the word. The scripture tells us that God will destroy the evil. 
he will take care of that. And all we have to do is to live our lives in obedience to God. So it finally came to me, and and this is just my point of view, is that I'm not powerful enough to forgive this man for the sin he committed by taking my daughter's life. But what I can do and what I do often is I pray for this man that he will at some point seek God and ask for forgiveness for his actions on that day. I also pray for God to show me grace and show me ways that I can have grace toward this man. But as far as me forgiving him, I'm just not big enough. And I just ask that that God work within his life in some way, some some way that this guy will ask for forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. I love that acknowledgement that you're not powerful enough to do that, but God is. And that's ultimately who he needs the forgiveness from. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. I think that will be helpful too for for people who may be struggling with that particular issue to hear. You know, I remember when Hannah first went to heaven, I couldn't imagine living with the grief for four days or four weeks, much less four years. And as we're chatting today, you're kind of right in the middle of the four-year mark of when Caitlin disappeared and then, you know, a week later or so when you found out exactly what had happened. So you're kind of in the middle of that. What advice would you give to somebody, a mom or a dad, who is right at the very beginning of their grief journey? Well, this is definitely a journey, a lifelong journey. It's one that we will always be on. In the very beginning, the thing that helped me the most was to journal. And when I started journaling, I actually started on March 9th, which was the night of Caitlin's visitation. And I wrote to her to tell her about the folks that came, who came. Uh, the stories that they told us, um, the one special story that one of the elderly men uh, that she cared for uh, had shared a story about Caitlin and how he was just so thrilled and blessed that he got to know her, um, that he knew that she loved him. And so I wrote to Caitlin and was telling her all these things. And so that carried on for day after day. And one thing that I recently did, actually, this past week, I got my journal out and I started reading that journal again. And I found that there was days where I repeated myself over and over like it was day one again. And I know that going through this process early on, you're so broken, so shattered, so hurt that you may just repeat that that over and over in your mind. And that's okay. It's okay. But one thing I did notice as I, and I wrote to her specifically a lot, some days it would just be me just pouring my heart out just to get it out, just to write it on paper. But as I started reading that journal, I started to see where that pain and that grief, unbelievable grief started to turn into words of joy I saw where when I was writing to Caitlin, I was sharing with her 
positive, happy things that had happened, good things that had happened, how I had seen God in the middle of things. And I just started really sharing that with her. So as time went on, I could see the pain turn to joy and to hope. And that was um, such an amazing blessing to me to go back and to really read that and travel through that. So that that's something that I would encourage any parent to do. Yeah, and that's such a valuable thing to do too, I think, because so many things that happened in those early months after Hannah went to heaven, I don't remember. It interests me that you said you wrote right after the visitation and you were writing to Caitlin, telling her all the people that were there and the stories that you heard and all that. And I, you know, I talk to bereaved parents all the time. And I know I'm not alone, and I don't re- even remember the visitation hardly. Um, there are one or two people that stand out who were there, but other than that, I have no idea who was there. So that what a valuable thing that is that you have that in writing and that you have those stories and those memories in writing. It's interesting to me, too, that you can look back at that now and see your deep sorrow gradually changing into more of a a joy, even though I know you still had the sorrow, you could still see that turn begin to happen. And I doubt that you were even aware of that at the time you were writing it, but you can see it now in retrospect. Correct. No, during that time, it was just one day, one page at a time. And I really could not see that. It was just me pouring my heart out is really what it was during that time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Journaling and writing for me was very, very helpful too. I didn't start it quite as quickly as you did about three months after Hannah went to heaven. And um, I don't know, it it was very helpful to me. And I am able to look at those things too that I wrote now and um, am surprised at some of the things I wrote and some of the thoughts that were going through my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on things that would be helpful to folks that are just beginning this journey? Well, another thing that has been very helpful to me was to be connected with my church, but more so than that, my life group. The They were and are today. I'm connected with a wonderful life group here in Arkansas with my church, and they are my biggest prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. They are there to listen to me, to encourage me. I see so much hope in that group and and with our church. And so making that connection is certainly helpful. It keeps you balanced, I think. I know for some people, I've never went to counseling, but I know that that's super helpful for a lot of parents to do so. So there's no shame in it. There's no shame, especially in a situation where a child was murdered. There's no shame in that. So if you need to reach out, then reach out, but don't wait. You know, don't wait. You're going to go when when you know it's right. But I encourage that as well. But for sure, connect with a church and with a body of believers that are going to be there for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then when just a few months later you lost Steve, I'm sure those folks rallied around you once again, didn't they? Oh, yes, yes. They were not going to let me be 
by myself for one minute. <laughs> so that was great. That was great yeah. that they, they, and today, even my, my life group in Tennessee still reaches out and uh, checks on me from time to time. So they're amazing. Yeah. What a blessing that is. That's a gift from God for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Another question I always love to ask, people often feel awkward around a parent that has lost a child because they just don't know what to say. And I imagine in your situation, people may have even felt a little bit more uncomfortable. How did you deal with people who said things that maybe added to your pain inadvertently or maybe not? (laughs) And then what were some of the most helpful things that people said or did? Well, you know, in our situation, people were curious. They wanted to know what happened. They really wanted details. Some would ask in roundabout ways. And of course, I would just graciously, you know, just say, we're not sure. We don't know. Only God knows. So there was one thing, and this is probably crazy, but one thing that, that people would say to me is, I can't even imagine. And I don't know why that one statement just got to me. And I wanted to scream and just tell them, you can't, so don't try. And then it took me a little while to realize that all they were doing was trying to love me in the middle of all that and love our family in the middle of all that. So after a while, God showed me it's okay that they they say this because you can't imagine what anyone feels during a time when they've lost a child. So I really did have to learn early on to, to just know that these people love me and they were there for me and that's all that they meant. One of the things that's been most helpful, and you know, all of us want to hear our child's name. We love to hear our child's name. So one of the things that was so helpful to me, and not everyone can do it, I get it, but one of the things is when people will say her name to me and say, I remember when Caitlin, or I remember Caitlin telling me this, or whatever the case may be, it just warms my heart to hear those memories from people. But it also is wonderful to me that someone will allow me to share Caitlin with them to share that she did live, that she had a life and how funny she was and the things that she would do uh, within our family, just little things, seasons, different holidays. And for someone to stand there and smile and laugh with you about it and not be awkward is so heartwarming to me. And it has helped me tremendously. Mm, That's huge. I I love what you just said there, that they are willing to stand there and listen to you and smile and enjoy those memories with you and not be awkward and uncomfortable, but just enjoy the moment. That is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. That's a gift. So at our retreats, we often talk about how painful and difficult our child's birthday or heaven day or the holidays without them might be. Um, So what are some special ways that you have found to honor Caitlin's life on those days? Mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned before that Caitlin loves Sonic. (laughs) She was there 
probably twice a day, to be honest. <laughs> That's where she spent all her money. But because Sonic was such a big thing for her and she always had a Route 44 Diet Coke, no matter when you saw her, one was in her hands. So one of the things that we do on her birthday, since all of us are in different states, we all go to Sonic, we get a Route 44, and then we show we just share our pictures uh, with each other. Unfortunately, Erica has moved to Ohio, our Otis daughter, so there's not a Sonic in Ohio. So she gets to share with us in, in a special way. She just doesn't get the Route 44 Diet Coke. Right. So another thing that we did um, before COVID hit, right after Caitlin had passed away, we wanted to do something to honor her, to keep her memory alive and her legacy. So we began creating these little bags and those bags um, were filled with just special little things like hand stuff, hand sanitizers, hand lotion. We would put crossword books in there, or word search books in there. I had pencils made up that says Caitlin's Blessing and has her her homegoing date on there. We put those in this little bag. And then I, Caitlin was always big on red and black buffalo plaid. That was her thing. Yeah. So I found small ribbon that was the black and red. And we tie that onto um, those bags with a little card that says Caitlin's Blessings. Talks about Caitlin, talks about her life, talks about her her hobbies, her joy, and that we wanted to share that blessing with them. And we would take these to the nursing homes, one specifically the assistant living that she worked at before COVID hit. So with COVID, of course, we had to stop that. But this year on her birthday, we do want to try to start that again here in Arkansas. So I have made some connections. And so we're hoping to be able to do that again. I love that. That's something that she would really enjoy, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. But I love the idea of all of y'all getting a Sonic 44 or Sonic (laughs) Route 44 drink and sharing Uh those pictures with one another. What a great idea. Just a, you know, a a small thing, but such a special, special thing between you and your kids. Right. Right. I love it. Love it. All right, a little bit deeper question here. You know, I think all of us that have lost a child kind of have this dividing line in our lives. We have a before and we have an after. So I want you to think about your relationship with God before and now after. And what have you learned about him through this experience? Oh, wow. Well, before Caitlin, I was a Christian. I have been a Christian since the age of 14. And I loved God, loved Jesus. And that was it. I was a churchgoer. And that's what I was. I was a churchgoer. But after Caitlin, I began to have a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. One, because I needed him. And I knew that that was something that was only through that, only through his grace, was I going to be able to make it day after day. And even to this day, I started to begin a morning devotion shortly after she passed. And I stayed in the word and I I studied and I just tried to absorb as much of God's grace and mercy as I could. 
that is probably the the biggest change that I have since Katie passed away. Knowing that God is there walking this journey with me has been so profound in my life. I can't imagine not having a morning time with him. I can't imagine not sitting down and talking to him every morning. That's what gets me through each day without Caitlin and each day without Steve, you know, even Steve in this thing. So um, one thing that, that I have learned is God has shown me how to be bold how to be strong, how to be a strong Christian mother, a strong Christian woman. And at the beginning of this year, in our devotion, I had read and they had said to select a word for the year. My word that I selected was bold because I know that God has given me such incredible strength to really get through this whole process, to stay afloat, each day of this journey. So bold was one that I have asked God, just please let me be bold in the sense that I can take Caitlin's story, our journey, and show others the hope and the joy that I have received through this process. And one of the things that um, really stuck out to me just recently I was um, at church and we were in a service and Corinthians 15.10 was spoken and it says, but by God's grace, I am what I am. And his grace toward me is not ineffective. When I heard that, I thought, by God's grace, I am today who I am. And I am so thankful I would never want to go through this process ever again, but I know where Caitlin is. I know that God has her. And right now, today, my desire is, is that the Holy Spirit just shows through me in any connection that I make with anyone at any time that they can see, usually behind a mask, obviously, that the hope and the joy that I have through Jesus Christ and that they see something different in me. And when they do hear my story, then it does show them that there is hope through Jesus Christ. And so I am so thankful that he loves me. I am so thankful that he has walked and is walking this journey with me. And um, that's it. I, I, the time that I spend with him is, I I just can't explain the feeling that I get every morning after we have that conversation. Yeah. I love how you just shared what's on your heart, that how you want God to use you, because I've gotten to meet you, you know, when you, we met you in Alabama, when you and Steve came to that retreat together and then I got to see you in person again just a few months ago when you were at the the while we're waiting Mom's Day, and you are a person who just glows. God has given you a special—I don't know what it is. There's you just just talking with you. There's so much peace that flows out of you, 
and so much love that's just apparent in everything that you do. And it must come from that morning time that you spend with him each day <laughs> yes. because it just flows out of you. Yes. Well, that is something that I had to learn to do. Mm-hmm. But early on, it was just, you know, prayer. Now it is a intimate conversation every day. And that is truly what I contribute, my ability to to have that joy mm-hmm. and that hope in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it just flows out of you. And, and I love your word bold. Um, because you are bold, you know, in sharing your testimony and in talking about these really difficult, painful things that have, that have happened to you and how God has used them for good. And so I love that boldness. I can see that in you as well. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Well, I guess one last thought is I was reading recently in Hebrews 12, And it's telling us the call to endurance. And it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. You know, start talking to Jesus is one of the greatest things that you can do through this journey. When you start talking to Jesus, you'll find grace, love, peace, joy, and most of all, the hope that we all need through Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. As a bereaved parent, there is nothing we need more than hope, (laughs) I think. And, And our only source of that is Jesus Christ. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your story and just being so open and honest and and raw and sharing your journey. And um, I just appreciate it. Thank you again. I I love being with you. I love talking to you. Uh, Y'all are such an encouragement to me on a daily basis, as I know you are to a lot of other parents. Well, thank you. We always say we are the ones who get the biggest blessing from while we're waiting because we get to meet people like you and hear about kids like Katie. So thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.